This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Alex Pearson here. This is 640 Toronto. It is lovely to have you here on this Wednesday. And we were talking on, I don't know what day it was. I can't remember, honestly, what day of the week it is. That's how busy it has been this week. But I think it was Monday or two, Monday, where we got this report that 80% of teachers say that they're being abused and harassed by students. Uh, and, of course, the union sounding the alarm this week, week, you know, putting it to the province saying, look, we need this fixed. And, and the, the, the basics are that the government can't fix everything in your life. And I don't know why we rely on them to do so, because I think a lot of what ails, you know, today's angry kids starts in the home. And so I was sent this uh, interesting new study from nonprofit research organization Sapien Labs, and they report that younger kids, uh, given smartphones or tablets too early have a worse mental health outcome as adults. I mean, it shouldn't surprise any of us, but it did surprise me to find that the connection is maybe more intense in females. And a majority of kids, according to this study, have a phone by 11. And in 2021, about one in five kids between eight and eight and 12 are on social media by age 14 Smartphone ownership hit 91%. That's insane to me. Who's putting their kid on social media at 8, 9, 12? I personally think social media should be banned for everyone. (laughs) I hate social media. But who's putting their 8-year-old on it? I mean, parents will say, look, we can't say no. All the kids have them. I get it. I've got a kid begging for one every day. But the the word comes out so easily, no, no, no. But a lot of parents just uh, can't say that. Because once your kid has one and every other kid's got to have one, it's, you know, they buckle. Dr. Todd Cunningham is a clinical and school psychologist and program chair of the School and Clinical Child Psychology Program at the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education, also known as OASE, at the University of Toronto. Thanks so much, doctor, for joining. You're very welcome. My biggest regret as a parent will always be handing that phone or iPad to my child because I needed him to quiet down. It is such a... Easy thing to do and such a regrettable thing to do, but we all do it and we're not helping the kids. But I think it's interesting when you, when you look at the age on this study of the damage being done, this should probably come as no surprise to you. What are you seeing? Yeah, well, we're seeing, especially after the pandemic, we're seeing students who are having a lot greater mental health related issues, you know, a lot more anxiety and a lot more depression that's coming out. Um, And there's a bunch of different factors. But I think this, you know, this study really starts to talk to one of those key factors, a real key change in our society that has been happening for a number of years. Now, I do want to make a distinction between having kind of the iPad in the house and smartphone in the house versus kind of what this study was really showing. And this study really asked a very particular question. At what age did you give your uh, or did you get your smartphone or tablet which had internet access that you could carry with you? So this is about ownership. It's at the age that the child or youth 
gains ownership of the tool um, that gives them access to social media, to the internet, and all those other things. And that's the key piece that really shows a distinction mm -hmm. that has a huge impact on their mental health well-being, especially earlier they get it. Yeah, look, I think parents look at the iPhone and think, oh, my kid's going to love it. It's the latest, greatest technology. And then once one kid gets it, everyone else has to have the latest and greatest in technology. But we don't often think what we're putting in their hands, generally they're not ready for because it takes them all yeah. over the web. They don't have the, you know, so they're going into worlds that they aren't prepared for. And yet parents, we all do it. Um, I, I mean, I'm hoping I'm able to push back. I, I'm, I'm determined not to let my 10-year-old become this, but it is very difficult. But why do we do it so willingly? Because it's easy. It's yeah. become the new babysitter for us. You know, we're busy ourselves. We've got lots going on. We're trying to get the dinner made. We're trying to um, finish up on that work assignment that we have to do. We're working two jobs. And this becomes an easy way for us to be, basically hand over the entertain the parenting aspect to a device um, to look after our kids, to keep our kids quiet. And when and we know that the engagement aspect on these devices is very high. So students don't usually, or children don't usually get bored with it. They're very, very engaged. Mm -hmm. But this gets to a very important piece of kind of, I think the key change in kind of the social trends that we're seeing here. So why, you know, why, why is this bad? And I think the bad, the, the real bad thing that comes out of this is what this is displacing. Right. Right. So what we know is that kids who are on these devices, they're on it like between mm -hmm. like five to eight hours a day on average. And that adds up to like a thousand to two thousand hours that they are on these devices, which is a thousand to two thousand hours that they're not having other social interactions. They're not hanging out with their friends and, and seeing them. They're not talking to yeah. other people. They're not playing games and running around in sports things. And those activities are so vital. The face-to-face -face interaction that we have is vital yeah. in helping us as individuals develop our abilities to interact in a social collection. And so I think this is where we're seeing the rise in aggression and the rise in oppositionality emerging as we continue to, as children continue to learn and develop in a more individualistic way versus yeah. the collective way, they're not developing those social skills. So they're in the school, they're in the classroom and someone bugs them. Well, instead of, you know, being able to regulate themselves, they're acting out. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, if only we could send this generation back to the 70s, you know, where you could find a, a, a plate and some mud and make a, something out of it and you'd do it for hours. And it was just that simple. My mom would say, go make a mud pie or whatever. And we did. Okay. And then we'd eat them. And that's what we did. But <laughs> it was fun. Um, but we can't go back to yeah. the uh, 70s and 80s. Um, but one of the things I want to ask you, because girls apparently are affected more, and I would think that it's, you know, because body image, all this stuff, but they do get trapped in this. But what is the long-term damage when you get, you know, younger, let's say girls on these things and, and how does it carry out later in life? Well, we don't know how far out, like, so, so we only have it up to kind of 18 to 24 years of age where we're seeing at this point. So, but what we're, one of the key things here is what we call um, um, our social concept. How do I view myself as an individual, mm -hmm. my relationship to my body, how I'm yeah. doing my status. And the way that I develop my social concept is I, I do it through peer referencing. I'm looking at my peers around me. And I think one of the challenges with social media has been is on social media, 
TikTok and that everybody's showing oh. that they're having a great time. Yeah. And so if I'm having a bad day and I go on to social media and then suddenly I see, oh, my friends are all, all look like they're having fun. I'm, I'm, I'm the lo- loser here. Like th- that, that's really hard on me. That has a real negative impact on how I view myself. But yeah. when we look at social media, it's a snapshot in time, you know, you know, two minutes ago, the, the friends were arguing. They saw a funny thing. They take a quick selfie of themselves, and then they go on to arguing. You don't know the context around the picture sure. that's on social media that that gets put up there because it's just a snapshot in time. But that snapshot in time is what, especially females, are using as a referencing point now to judge themselves. Hey, I'm not super cool. I'm not out with everybody. I didn't get to go to that 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 event. You know, I I must not be liked. And so what we see is a loneliness factor really increasing. So though I'm connected with a lot of people, have a lot of people following me and and I'm following a lot of people, I as an individual actually don't feel very connected to those individuals. And I feel very lonely um, in there. Yeah, It's also a double-edged sword because then you have, when you do come together as a group, then a lot of the talking, you know, what a lot of the conversation then, what we hear from our clients is all about the stuff they're seeing on social media. So then if I don't have access to it, then it's harder for me to kind of get into the conversation because I don't have the background knowledge, the referencing that the the, the group has around it. And so we're really talking with, you know, youth these days to say, hey, that's okay. Don't don't hang out with those people. There's other people like you out there who aren't on social media. Find those individuals. Yeah, connect with those people. They're called real people. And they're real people. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna run out of time and I could I literally could have you on for an hour and maybe I will one day. But um I just wanted to ask you quickly because it's up to parents what they do with this. And yeah. and, and is there going to come a moment because it would really help me and, and other parents now in the younger generations can we not buy them all the best technology? Is there a way you push them off this technology and are parents more uh, open to saying, yeah, I'm just, is there a generation coming where people are saying, okay, no, we're going to push back now? Well, I, I don't think it's just a generation. I think that now yeah. we need to say, hey, we need to stop it. We need to stop saying this is an easy fix for us as parents to, to get our children entertained. We need to do the effort of actually parenting our children yeah getting them involved in other activities. The key, the big thing is you can't just take it away. You have to replace it with other activities. Otherwise, if you just take it away, the, you know, students are going to go nuts and you're going to give it back to them within a couple hours because they'll be on you constantly. So we need to replace it. We need replacement activities. And the replacement activities are like girl guides, boy scouts, mm. you know, activities that they're out in the community go and hang out with the na- your, your the, the friends in the backyard or go down to the park together we need to encourage those other activities we need to make those activities available for our children so that they are actually getting that real face-to-face socialization oh from your lips to god's ears i hope it does catch on i will definitely have you on again uh, doctor thanks so much you're very welcome have a good day there you go that's dr uh, cunningham